Welcome to the latest episode of Floor is Yours, an extension of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. This particular episode is sponsored by Biscayne Bay Brewing. This here, the Pale Ale, wasn't sure which of the three that I had here. Got a couple other beers, actually, that we got to start promoting. Uh, this is the official beer of the Five Reasons Sports Network, also of the Miami Marlins, hence Marlins Lager, and of Inner Miami CF. Check out Biscayne Bay Brewing in all of your local Publixes, grocery stores, and also in various restaurants around South Florida. So make sure you check it out. BiscayneBayBrewing.com. If you look it up, they will tell you where you can find the beer. This is, again, official beer, Five Reasons Sports Network. All right. Alex Salido with his Justice Better shirt. I don't know what that is. Alphonse Sydney. I have my I Matter shirt. Yes, you do I, matter. No question about that. Um, it's cold out here. I'm rocking a sweatshirt. It's cold. <laughs> how how cold is it? You're in South Carolina. How cold is it? Uh, in the 40s right now. So that's cold by a, by a North Miami and as myself. 72 here right now. Everybody's bitching about it. It's perfect. I put on I put on a sweater. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's get let's get to a couple of topics here. First topic, um, heat related somewhat. Woj reports that they're considering the NBA is considering going to 15 active players per game instead of 13 active players. Obviously, with with what's gone on with COVID, you're getting back with travel. A lot of players haven't been off for that long. Others have been off for too long. So you don't know how these guys are going to come back in what kind of shape. So you've got 15 available slots. First, do you like it? And does this in any way help the Heat? Yes, I I like it. I like it for every team, right? I don't think it just helps the Heat. I think it helps. I, 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 I put it out there. There should be twenty man active rosters. Um, I mean, how many, how many guys were ha, already uh, were diagnosed with COVID on this first round of testing? Forty six. Yeah, yeah. forty six, forty eight. Yep. Yeah, come on. Like, it, it, it's only going to get worse as the season goes on. I, I've, I've advocated for twenty man rosters, fifteen. That's fine. Um, yep. But I, I don't even think that's going to be enough. No, and, like, this is a cool thing about it um, from a pure basketball perspective. Obviously, it's, like, morbid to think about anything being cool about the implications of why they're having to do 15-man rosters, but I think it's going to force teams to throw guys into the fray that may be a little earlier uh, than they anticipated just by virtue of the circumstances. So we're going to get to see some guys and kind of get to see their development maybe in ways that we didn't expect to in a normal season. I mean, this pretty much guarantees having Precious and KZ active. Correct. Exactly. Oh, you're forgetting somebody. Udonis. And you did. <laughs> He's going to play. Who are going to be the inactives? That's the better question, right? Wait, does Udonis, Udonis at his age, does he have comorbidities? Or is this, or should, Wow. <laughs> now, now we can't put it on the podcast feed, can we? No, we already can't put it on the podcast feed because I don't know what Manny was doing to me for the first minute. He can start at the four. Wow, that was – I mean, just threw Manny under the bus. That was – I, I, I don't – I mean, the muting and the unmuting. What are we doing here? All right, let's uh, let's continue. Manny, you can get back to me in the comments if you'd like to get back to me in the comments. That's fine. Terrible. Um, I, I, I like it too. You do raise a good point with Haslam. Um, it guarantees that he'll be active because I wasn't quite sure about that with some of the young players that they have. Do we actually think, though, Alex, that Eric Spolster is going to expand on his rotation? Because I feel like every time we've said that, he has shrunk the rotation. I mean, if there was a season to do it, it would be this season. And he kind of hinted at uh, at that in the in the presser today. 
he said that you know he they want to they're gonna keep fresh the guys that they want to keep fresh and i just think like you know you put the, the pieces together we've mentioned it on podcasts before it really like it stands to reason that Iguodala, Jimmy, Dragic, they're all gonna miss time here and there, and specifically the older guys, right? Specifically Goran and Iguodala, I think. And you know, I I don't have any information. I, I think that's just something that you can kind of put together after seeing the injuries that they went through, their age, their wear and tear, the fact that it's a short turnaround compared to other teams, the fact that they're expecting to go on another deep playoff run again. They're ready to go, you know, on on a marathon. So I think kind of playing a conservative and taking advantage of the deep roster throughout the regular season makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it's a business, right? You want to talk about putting Kendrick Nunn in, in a trade in every all these scenarios. He's got to play. He's got to play. And he's and the same goes for, you know, KZ and Precious and getting them reps. So I think it would make a lot of sense to go deep in the rotation specifically for those young guys. And let me let me throw this uh, topic at you. I just put a poll up and I'm a little bit surprised by the results. If everybody is healthy, as healthy as they can be at this stages of his career, who now has the better backcourt, Houston or Washington? Is it Beal wow. and Westbrook, or is it Wall and Harden? Oh, I take Beal and Westbrook, no doubt. Wow. I take okay. Wall and Harden. See, I yeah, would do same. the same thing, Greg, and I, we're, when we're losing the point. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Me and Alfred on the same side? No, not to mention that Hart, that Ethan has picked a backcourt containing James Harden. No, I have not. I have no. no. Oh, you picked the Wizards. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. That's because I'm still sight unseen on John Wall. Like until I see that, at least you know where. No, Russell but it said if everyone's healthy. If everyone's healthy. healthy. As healthy as you can be at this stage. <sighs> okay. Well, then it's like it's a wash. I mean, it's two backcourts that you know they kind of fit, but neither team's going to win anything. And and Harden, Harden has yet to report to Houston, uh, late breaking from Mark oh. Stein. Right. The, oh, do, do Beal okay. and Westbrook fit, Greg? I'm just curious your thoughts on that. I mean, two great players. I think fit one that can shoot and one that can you know penetrate and get to the hole. I mean, it, it it's all predicated on Russell Westbrook kind of playing in a more efficient way. If he can do that then I feel like he's talented enough to play with anyone just the same way Dwayne and LeBron and some of those guys were. But, you know, you've been right in that he hasn't been willing to make the concessions that you need to to be a great player on a winning team that actually can win a championship. So I don't know if that's necessarily viable. But, I mean, they're two great players. I, I don't think we should overthink it. Alex, how do, uh, how do Harden and Wall fit? They're healthy. So it's funny. I think it's a weird fit. And I also think they lost the trade, but I also think it was a good trade for both teams. So I don't know if all of those things can yeah. can stand together. But I'm looking at the Rockets like, if we really think about it, I don't know how much of a drop off there, there's going to be if John Wall is playing from day one, right? Like I know he's not going to be the same John Wall from before, but the John Wall that I remember from two years ago was, you know, kind of a facsimile of Russell. Like he had kind of falling off a little bit and, and does a lot of the same stuff that Russell does as far as getting to the paint and you, you want shooters around him. I think he's more of a natural playmaker than Russ and doesn't have to hold the ball for quite as long as Russ does to get those assists. But yeah. uh, like you put him on a roster where, where James Harden is there kind of just waiting for, for Wall to pass him. You got a Christian Wood as the role guy. You know, they got Tucker, they got Gordon, they have House. I think it'll like, I don't really think it'll be like that bad of a fit for him. I think it, it'll actually be pretty good for him to just come back and play with a team that's ready to go and you know they're not going to win anything but i i think 
the trade actually makes sense for both teams. Like I agree with what you guys were saying just now, as far as the Wizards as well. Like I think Westbrook's gonna have it uh, pretty easy there. And again, they're not gonna win anything. But there's there's, there's gonna be so much shooting between Beal, Bertans. They have multiple shooting centers. You know, I think he's gonna have it pretty easy to get his numbers and to rack up some pretty easy assists. They're gonna be a great offensive team and a bad defensive team. And yeah. the Rockets are gonna be like a, a a better version of that. Does Washington make the playoffs out? No. No, at the bottom. No, well, no. I, you got Washington, Atlanta, and Orlando most likely, and Charlotte. Those are your four. I think Those Charlotte division, baby. I think Charlotte got better. I think Atlanta is going to get better just by virtue of getting older and getting more experience. And I think the Westbrook Beal thing is going to be a complete disaster because we've seen we've seen what happens when Beal played with Wall. And Wall is not as much of a ball-dominant point guard as Westbrook is. He's ball-dominant, but not like Westbrook. But Bill's numbers drop when he plays with a with a point guard of that caliber. So you're going to see Bill's numbers drop. He's not going to be happy. Westbrook's just getting older and worse. Um, <laughs> Westbrook puts up numbers at the detriment of your team. Um, I, I I like Westbrook as a as as a fan of the game. Like I enjoy watching him play. But he does not make a team better when he's on the floor, um, and I, I think a lot of the, the advanced analytics like support that. Um, and if they don't, they're stupid anyway because Alf's eye test is better. <laughs> but I will say, like, I don't think that 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 combination of Bill and Westbrook to me is not <laughs> is not it because one of the things we've seen is that Bill. When he became the man, he enjoyed it, and he stopped playing defense as well. And now you put him next next to a guy like Westbrook who doesn't play defense. Like it's going to be one of the worst defensive backcourts in the East. Hey, they were the worst defensive team in the NBA period. And then they season. added yeah. Westbrook. Like, come on! <laughs> so I'm like, let's let's be honest. Like, honestly, it's if if you if if you're trying to keep Bradley Beal on your team. Bringing in Russell Westbrook might be the dumbest move you could possibly make. All right, I, I don't disagree with anything you said there, Alf. But how about this? If I, if you had to bet that this Wizards team now with Westbrook would win more games than the version without this trade, which one would you bet on? On wait, wait, wait—the version without John Wall playing either. Well, I don't know about John Wall's health. I think he's expected to play for you know at some point early on in the season. I don't know wait, exactly. Well, who's okay, back. if, if the I'm question is. Like, if the question is, does Westbrook make the Wizards better than they were last year? Yes. No, but no, my question is, would they win more games with this Westbrook team versus the Wall team this season? Because I think if, that's really what they're going for. Is It's all about question, this season for them. The question is, if, if Wall is going to be healthy this season. A healthy Wall, I'd rather, I'd rather a healthy Wall than Westbrook, if that's your question. Wall and Beal this year, if Wall can play – is going would have a better record than Westbrook and Beal, in my yeah, opinion. Well, I mean, I mean, look, all of this in the Heat context is whether Bradley Beal is going to be happy with it. I don't think they do it unless he signs off on it in some way. And so he's in that case, he's going to get what he a wants. Commenter, a commenter says here: Russ is averaging thirty-one, eight and eight for three months, and Beal wanted Russ. Yeah, it's their yeah, last yeah. ditch effort. It's the last ditch effort to keep Bradley Beal. You know, Bradley that's Beal. just it. To, yeah. And, but but again, I mean, are you keeping him by getting a seven or eight seed? Because I think that's pretty much their upside. All right, next topic. That was what he signed up for. Uh, well, I, it's going to go terribly. It's going to go terribly. All right, ne next topic. Let's get back to a heat topic here. I put this out here the other day on Twitter. 
that I think I think basically Mo Harkless is the Kaziak Palace stand-in. Uh, that I, I can see a scenario where Eric Spolstra likes to buy time with a sort of an average veteran until the young player is ready. It's it's happened before. Uh, do you th- where do you think? I mean, Kaziak Pala pretty much came out in the calls this week and said, "I'm ready to play now. I'm ready to go." I mean, he told us that on the pod last year, but he was very definitive about it. How do you think that plays out? Do you see both of them in the rotation, Greg, or is it one or the other? And, and at what point do we see KZ emerge? Uh, so I actually envision Harkless a little bit more instrumental um, than you do. I, I think he's going to be a piece that ends up being as trustworthy in certain ways as Jay was for Spo. And that, and that when we go down the stretch in the most important games in the playoffs, Harkless is going to be next to Bam in the front court a lot. But I think throughout the regular season, they're going to get a chance to see KZ. It'll probably be, honestly, towards the front of the season. I, I don't think they're going to wait because the veterans are going to need to pace themselves. And there is room for both of them because I think they're going to go 10 deep a lot of nights. What do you think? When do we see KZ, Alex? I think it's really interesting. and you know, Kind of like I alluded to before, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some playing time here and now this season. But I, I lean with, with Leif here in the sense that I think – Harkless was signed to kind of be, you know, maybe he doesn't get the same role that Crowder got in, in the sense that he's going to be closing every time and he's trusted to that sense where he's in that five almost every single time in the playoffs. But I think he's going to have the role of being that defensive forward. And I think KZ would have to prove himself on that end first to be able to get that rotation spot. And again, injuries, COVID, other factors could change all of this and likely will, right? Like we, this is going to be even more of a factor than and it was in the bubble for sure because of the traveling and you know it's not the same protocol or whatever but i don't if if you know the way that it is right now i don't think kz really gets a consistent spot in the rotation unless he proves himself first ready to be like a really good defensive player really advanced because i think that's where kind of harkless is really ahead of himself or ahead of kz right now what do you think Alf? i have no clue yeah, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I have no clue what's going to happen with KZ. I, I haven't even seen KZ Akpala play barely. That's the I thing. We haven't seen him play, so that's why. That's I think the thing. Is like we we can sit here, we can we can we can make all the prognostications we want. We we like it's like it's like asking me last summer. What do you what do you think, Duncan Robinson? Uh, how, how many minutes do you think he's going to get? I would have said zero. Done. I don't care how good he looked in summer league, and he ended up starting. So. I think a lot of times we try to make these predictions on guys like Kaziak Paul. I have no idea. He could be the starting power forward day one, for all I know. I have no idea. Well, like, I, I actually think that's possible. I don't think it's likely, but I actually think that's possible. All right, next topic then. Maybe you'll weigh in on this one. Tyler Hero was asked three different ways on his conference call, once by me, how he felt about starting. Um, and he made it pretty clear he wants to start, but he'll let Spolster make the decision. I've made the case that the way to kind of increase Tyler's confidence more is to give him the starting role and to let him grow into it. That I think you give it to him from day one and you say, this is the leap that you're taking now prove worthy of it. Uh, I think Greg has come around with me on that one. Correct. Uh, Alf, 100%. how do you feel about that? And how did you feel about Tyler's comments? Um, I think Tyler said exactly what he's supposed to say, right? I mean, I'd like to start, but it's up to Spo. Yeah, duh. I mean, like, it's what else could he say? I would love, honestly, because to me, if Tyler starts game one, it means it says a lot to me of the work that he put in in the short offseason 
And uh, it, it, show, it, it means that what he showed in the finals and in the playoffs, the Heat believe is sustainable and believes not just sustainable, that it can be better. And if that's the case, like that is a really, really strong sign to me of Tyler's growth and what kind of player the Heat have on their roster moving forward. But I'm also not going to get beside myself if he's not starting because he's so young. And then they have they have a veteran presence in Avery Bradley. Um, they have Goran Dragic, who I don't think is going to start. I, I say I hope he doesn't play more than eight minutes a game until March, right? Like I, I want them to put Goran in a, in a freezer and just leave him there. But if Hero starts game one, like that's a, that is a really, really, really good sign. But if he doesn't, I also don't think it's the end of the world, right? I just I think it's all about what has he shown in the offseason? What growth has he shown? Has he been has he, has he proven himself to be a defender? Because it's we 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 all have talked ad nauseum on this podcast and on these streams about the fact that Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero in your starting lineup is a huge defensive liability. And one of those guys has to step up and become a better defender, or they're going to have to play guys like Avery Bradley in the starting lineup to 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 create a kind of an equilibrium of, of what's going on with those two guys defensively. So would I love to see Tyler start? Yes. But if he doesn't, to me, it's not this, it's not some alarm that's going to go off in my head. Like, Oh my God, the kid's never going to be a star. I, I think there's a misperception of Avery Bradley that's been out there on social media. Um, I, I understand that the heat played without a true point guard this past year, or at least in the starting lineup, because none's not that. But none's more of a point guard than Avery Bradley, isn't he? I mean, I, I, but they don't need a point guard. Ethan, no, they I have Bam, and they need a guy who could defend point guards. That's the I, thing. I, I get it. I get it. But I feel like people are assigning an offensive characteristic to Avery Bradley that he doesn't. Really oh God! Have. Please don't do that. But but he, but he played he played point. I mean, occasionally over the course of his career, and kind of a fill in. I mean, he doesn't even play it. He didn't. He hasn't even played it as much as CJ McCollum has played it kind of in that role in Portland, right? So I, I just want us to, to explain, because people are saying, well, Avery can be your starting point guard. If he starts, he's not a point guard, okay? Jimmy's your point guard. Bam's your point yeah, guard. But Avery starts at point Avery guard. Bradley. Yeah, he just defends point guards, but, you know, he's de facto kind of doing what Damon Jones did on offense, and that's find spots in the corners, and then also, obviously, if he has stuff and can attack, do that too in transition. But um, they're not going to initiate offense through Avery Bradley. I don't see that. No, 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 and, and we're going to most that'll happen is him coming off a screen or something. You, you won't okay. be running no pick and roll. Uh, Nikias uh, is going to join us for an episode. We're going to break down Avery Bradley, actually, uh, do a full episode on that upcoming this week. All right, Alf and I went on yesterday with Bernie Lee with a long episode about Jimmy. And Alf, you and I really haven't had a chance to talk about it since. I really think people should listen to it. This is actually, by the way, is our number one non finals episode for downloads we've ever done. Um, terms of where it is at this number it's close to four thousand downloads in a day so obviously a lot of people wanted to hear it alf is there anything that jumped out to you about the stuff bernie said relative to jimmy and specifically the heat um i what jumped out is that that agents and nba players look at the heat's front office kind of like heat twitter and heat fans do a lot of times sometimes it feels like we we're hyperbolic I mean, we have Greg here, who is the hope trafficker extraordinaire. Um, and sometimes I feel like we are too, we, I feel like we're so gung-ho for this front office and for Coach Bo and for this organization. But then to hear an NBA agent 
talk about, you know, hey, Jim, just when, when, when the, the, the quote for me was when Bernie said that he went to Jimmy and said, whatever they promise you and whatever they promise they can get you, they can do it because they have Andy. <laughs> like we say things like that on heat Twitter and like yeah. it's hyperbolic and funny. Oh, it's like he's reading get... my tweets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like for, for that to be a quote from an NBA agent, like that's insane to me. Like it's, it's not hyperbolic at this point. It's, it is, it is, it's, 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 it's part of the NBA lore and it's part it's of just mainstream. It's mainstream thinking about the Miami Heat that this dude is a magician. Like he brings out his calculator and he can he can sign Lamarcus Aldridge for the minimum. Like you know, like those stories don't become as far fetched as they used to be. So that was a cool thing talking to Bernie. Just like the things that we we the 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 you know the properties that we juxtapose on onto the Heat front front office. They're they're real. Like these are things that are really said throughout the league, and it's like, okay, we're not all just a bunch of crazy rabid fans. Yes, we are, but there's a little bit of truth behind what we're talking about. It is culture. Weird the culture is a real thing, Greg. Culture is real. It, Let them know. It, it is a weird thing that in the modern sports world, sometimes you're just rooting for a calculator, right? Like it's it's just it's funny. It's like I mean, you're, you're the calculator got him, Jimmy Butler to bend the salary cap in ways that other teams haven't figured out how to bend it. And I know that other teams have hired really smart people, but it is something it's, it's fascinating to me. The other thing that struck me out was, um, and I think this gets back to kind of why things fell apart in the LeBron era was Bernie talked a lot about authenticity. Like that was the big word, right. Um, and, and why Jimmy and Spolster have related and why Jimmy and Riley have related. I think sometimes we underestimate, the fact that the Heat's attitude is basically, this is who we are, take it or leave it. And for a guy like Jimmy, who is exactly the same way, that's what appealed to him. And it's funny because Spolstra, Greg, started to embody that philosophy more and more. He's like, we're not for everybody. And all. This has become, they always did the culture calling thing. Card. They never yeah. did the culture's only for us thing really until this past year. Right. It's it's a lot of smiling faces and no hidden agendas. And I think that that's really what they wanted to get to. I mean, it's not a situation where they're so militant that you don't see guys having fun. Um, like something that that grabbed me from the, the episode you guys did with Bernie Lee was um, how kind of organic Jimmy getting to Miami was like, yes, there was some purposeful moments throughout him getting to Miami, but even like the, the stuff with Dwayne and the shoe deal and kind of how things fall into place. It's just like, it's, it's meant to be. That's what it felt like listening to him uh, kind of wax poetic on how that all transpired. And, and then we, 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 we say it all the time. He is the most Miami heat superstar the heat yeah. have ever had. And, 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 and since, uh, since so, since so. And I think sometimes people take that as a shot at Dwayne it's not a shot at Dwayne. Dwayne is a larger than life figure that fit into the Miami Icon, Heat culture. Yeah. yeah, because honestly, because he's just such a hard worker and he's such a great teammate. Nobody has been built for the Miami Heat culture like this since Udonis and Zoe. Like this guy is just so with what my what the Miami Heat is all about. And you heard it when he would talk about Spo and he talks about Pat. Like the thing that that encourages me the most is just the fact that how in tune Spo and Jimmy are, and this makes you feel like going forward, like 
whatever decisions they make, those two guys are on the same page. And if those guys are leading your organization, I think you're in good shape. Okay. Well, a, a, a lot of times Spolstra during the big three are needed David Fisdale to be the intermediary to communicate with his stars. I mean, LeBron and Bosch and Dwayne would go to Fizz to go to Spo. I feel like what's happened here now is that wall has been breaking down, broken down where Jimmy and Bam can go directly to Spolstra. It's not what it was during the big three era where, again, it was them kind of forming a united front then complaining to Fizdale and saying, Fizz, yeah. and you haven't talked to Spo. That's basically you know what? You know what else I enjoyed? Uh, when he when we were talking to him about uh, how Jimmy reached out to Tyler Hero and took him under his wing early, and now we're seeing Tyler do that with Precious. Right. Right? Jimmy isn't working out with Precious. <laughs> right? Yeah. Tyler – Tyler like got pressure. Each one teach one. Each one exactly. teach one. Exactly. And it's just like, it's just this, that, and I'm, I don't mean to be casting aspersions, but Tyler, not Tyler, Hassan Whiteside wasn't bringing new guys into the gym in the offseason. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, Dion Waiters wasn't getting rookies out of their bed at five o'clock in the morning. Come work out with me. Tyler is doing for Precious what Jimmy did for him. And it's like that kind of stuff is that that perpetuation of heat culture is like I think that starts with Jimmy. It starts with Spo, Pat, but I think Jimmy has permeated that throughout the locker room. And I think like that Udonis has him, Jimmy Butler, uh Eric's culture spirit is everywhere. And Precious looks like he's a he loves it, like he's absorbing it full time. And I think when you Even look at what the, some of the moves they did last year. They kicked out a lot of the guys that are not about that life. I mean, plain and simple. And you look around that locker room now, every single one of them is showing up to the gym and 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 working hard. So I I I think that was a, a cool thing to see how Jimmy has passed some of that stuff down to Tyler. All right, last one here, guys. And and this is the Nikias topic. Um, and we gotta be careful on this one because uh, we do sell some t-shirts and he's a he's a friend of the network. We know how our guy Nikias Duncan feels about Udonis having that roster spot from now until the end of time. Eric Spolster left basically left it open for him. Do any of the three of you have an issue with Udonis using a not not Udonis being on the sideline or being an assistant coach or anything like that, but with Udonis having a roster spot at this stage when we're talking about a season in which, as we're saying, you're going to need more bodies than you've ever needed before? Does anybody have an issue? Because we know Nikias does. No, no. I mean, honestly, like maybe if they were a younger team, like transitioning, like through a rebuild, and I get why you want veterans around a team like that. But you know, Haslam right now, like he just got a hit of the finals, man. He's not going anywhere. He's like, oh, I'm so <laughs> close to this thing. Just gotta, as long as they're gonna keep giving me roster spots, which is, by the way, what Spo said today that it's ongoing, that he's just gonna keep giving it to him. And by the way, two, three million dollars, whatever that veteran minimum is. UD's going to keep taking it, and I think it helps the Heat. I think there's no doubt, like, you know, maybe we're too, we're falling in love too much with the intangibles, but I think, like, if everybody is saying the same thing and, you know, he has all the respect from everybody around the league as the enforcer and, you know, he has, like, his own roster spot. And I think I, I tweeted earlier today that he should get implemented, like, a, a coach on the floor roster spot as, like, a yeah. thing for each team. So, like, maybe mm -hmm. it's, like, a 16 spot, like, so they can wear the jerseys and also get the veterans minimum. Uh, <laughs> I think maybe that'll be uh, Haslam's legacy, and I think that'll be the perfect way to cement his career. 
Let, listen, I, I heard from somebody who would who would definitely have known that every player nearly unanimous in the exit interviews, it was nearly unanimous that they all wanted Haslam back next year. So if every damn player on the roster that you care about, that you love so much, is is campaigning for UD to come back, who the hell are any of us to like have an opinion that matters about that, quite frankly? That's a good point. To me personally, they owe him way too much damn money to tell him to not come back. Yeah. Like he they, they owe him too much money. Like that's the thing. Like you old man, like you guys have some money, you just gotta give him a roster spot if he asks for it. <laughs> you you if you owe if you if any of you owe you guys has some money, you're gonna tell him no when he wants a roster spot? No. Of course you're gonna be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. We got we got number 15 for you right here. And honestly, I there was a part of me when um that when they first started talking about the season and because of COVID and because of the fact that depth is going to be super important, to, there was a part of me that was like, oh, man, that 15th roster spot was is going to be super important. And then I keep thinking about the 15th roster spot, you know, of the last like 20 years. I mean, Kyle Alexander's and guys like we've never seen. Like, let's stop. Let's stop. He's the only one that's mad about the Haslam thing. Who's that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, been, but but you're right though. Once you start getting down past like the 12th or 13th guy on the roster, if you're counting on the 15th guy at that point, it's like if you're crying like, about Gabe Vincent, like right. What, what, what are Gabe, we doing? Right. Yeah, I know. I know. It's I, I I'm with you. Why does this bother him so much? Nikaias is such a smart dude, but this is the one thing. It's like I, I don't know because he plays way too much NBA 2K, right? Uh huh. And these because in all, theory, in theory, yeah, you like, could honestly, like a young player and you could cultivate another young guy and have a cost-controlled asset and do what the Heat do. I understand that functionally, but there's some things that transcend X's and O's, and that's, that's just right. this. That's, the, there that's is, the final point here. Udonis Haslam, transcendental. I agree. There's no there's yeah. no culture in 2K. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good that's problem. <laughs> now, by the way, did they change the Heat hashtag? Is Heat Twitter dead? It's coming. Did. It's coming back with the. Okay. You mean with like the logo next to it? They were yeah, teasing yeah, yeah. it today. Okay. Oh, I thought they. I thought they took it away because of me. No, no, not yet. All right, and fi- final thing, and then we're gonna go here. Uh, came out today that it's likely that the Heat are gonna start the season without fans. Does anybody have an issue? Because we've seen this in the NFL. Does anybody have an issue with the fact that some arenas are gonna have fans, perhaps, and some are not? And the advantage that may be inherent in that. No. Mm. I mean, I don't, honestly, nobody I, should. I, there I should be no it, fans. I think it almost feels more uncomfortable when you got like 2,000 people cheering than when it's nobody. <laughs> um, like it's a little, like it feels even more like this is a whack atmosphere. Um, right. So I, I personally, I think every arena should have no fans because that's what the data suggests. But obviously, you know, tis the season. I mean, the data suggests the data suggests we shouldn't have a season, but this is true. You know, right, right. Ethan does either right. Ethan doesn't want me to talk about outside. those things on 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 live streams. The economy, come on. <laughs> no, you're allowed to talk about. I mean, at this point, Ethan's holding me back. <laughs> there should We're be no back. NBA. We we de- we decided right. Well, Alex and I are both in for the games. Alex decided he doesn't want to go, so that's fine. So we got a slot. Can we get Brady? I'm older than Udonis Haslam. I got comorbidities. No, it should be illegal to get Brady at at those games. He's not even 18 yet. (laughs) 
I know. No, nah, he's good. <laughs> no, we no send Brady. He's he can't die from this shit. He can't legally sign off a waiver That's yet. True. Like I'm pre-diabetic right. and right. I got asthma. What do you want? You want me to just run around in an arena? You crazy? All right. This episode was sponsored by Biscay Bay Brewery. Make sure you check it out. The Pale Ale, the Tropical Bay or the Barlins Lager in your local Publix, local convenience store. You can ask for it. Certainly ask for it in a restaurant. This is the official beer by Reason Sports Network. Also check out Prize Picks. PrizePicks.com. Use the code 5 to double your initial deposit. It's a new way to play fantasy sports if your fantasy team has blown up by now as i know most people's have thank you manny for doing that quickly prizepicks.com the promo code is five to double your deposit it's fun you can pick players from different teams patch them together um and then just say if they're going to go over or under their fantasy points and play it like a parlay so it's a great game to play all right the four of us will be back next week we're like i said we're going to do some special episodes we're going to break down avery bradley in one episode we're going to break down mo harkless we'll have nikias on I'm working on a big-time former Heat player as a guest sometime over the next week or two, and we're also looking into some current players as guests, uh, all getting ready for, what is it, December 22nd they're starting? Is that right? 22nd, 23rd? Mm-hmm. They open with Orlando? 22nd. Yeah. And I won't be there. You will not be there. I know. I got diabetes. Yeah, I know. He's got diabetes. It's like, keep it going. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for unmuting me, Manny. Appreciate it. Great way to end the show.